0: Hey, y'all, this is Stacey Gotzulius of Locked On Yankees, and I'm joined by Lindsay Crosby of Locked On MLB Prospects. And guess what we'll be talking about today? Yankees Prospects, which is and, a new thing for my show because I don't really do that. So I'm happy to have you crossing over with me tonight, Lindsay.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> We're also talking about the fact I dared her to say, hey, y'all, and it came out somewhat like normal. It was kind of cool. <laughs> I like that. Hey, y'all is a good look on you, Stacey.
0: Thank you. Yes. Okay. So, um, locked on Yankee fans, we have some guys in the top 100, and Lindsay is here to talk about those guys. And that's what the show is going to be about. It's going to be about different guys that you know of, maybe some guys that you don't quite know of, because, you know, there are Yankee fans that don't always pay attention to all of the prospects. You just know the same names that you always hear Volpe. Volpe is the one that you always hear, and mm-hmm. they're the one he's the one that they're all worried about, but yeah, we're going to be talking about a lot of stuff
1: on this show. Yeah. So there is a guy or two uh, outside that top five that I have in here. I also have some issues with one or two of these selections and we'll talk about that. And I've got a little bit of draft stuff towards the end too. Um, but what, like you said, the big thing everybody talks about Anthony Volpe uh, top 10 prospect in baseball right now, number eight overall. And he's having a good year at double a in Somerset, not exactly Like the numbers don't scream like amazing top 10 prospect in baseball, but it's the way he's doing it. So he's batting 246, 343, 441. Loving home runs, 35 stolen bases. I will remind everybody, like minor leagues still have some of the restrictions on what the pitchers can do. Those stolen base numbers are a little bit inflated in Double A, Not entirely, but a little bit. Um, He'll get double digits in MLB. He won't steal 35 bases in the bigs, but he'll get double digits, no problem. Uh, the thing is the way that he's doing it. So, at the plate, it doesn't matter if he's facing somebody with premium velocity, uh, somebody that has high spin, they're changing speeds a bunch. He still has high quality at bats in every one of those situations. Really good exit velos. Both his average exit velo and his max exit velo were kind of towards the tops in Double A, uh, and then and and so. Having seen him now for about 70 games in double A, you know, in the high miners, I think we can kind of safely say that he he kind of projects to be a 280 hitter with like 25 or 30 home runs. Like that's the kind of guy we're talking. And that's why he's a top 10 prospect, right? Like that's what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, not a perfect prospect. Nobody is. There's things you can quibble with there. And I I honestly am curious whether or not he'll get a chance to stick it short. Um, I think I think he could play short. Uh, His range is not the greatest. His arm is kind of average. And so I think he may, either because of a free agent or just because of the next guy on the list, I think he may eventually need to move to second base or he will move to second base, whether or not he needs to 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 kind of accommodate a free agent that gets signed, You know, maybe one of the big shortstops that's on the market next year. Um, Or uh, if Peraza gets promoted before him and Peraza's playing short, I don't think they'll make Peraza move when Volpe comes up.
0: Right. Yeah. And I know he started off rough in the beginning of the year and people were, you know, Yankee fans overreact to everything and they were overreacting to that. But
1: he did have like a two week stretch where he could not hit a slider, right? Like it was an automatic out. You just throw him a slider. He's going to swing him in. He, to his credit, he adjusted. And like from that point on, he's been on an absolute tear. And We like watching prospects, we expect them to struggle, right? We like, we know they're going to have issues. The question is always, can they self-correct? Can they figure out what to do and how long does it take to do it? And he he corrected rather quickly, uh, and, and has produced really well since then. And so the numbers are maybe a little bit less indicative of what he actually is, but the fact that, that he was able to, to diagnose it and correct it so quickly is a good thing. Um, Oswald Peraz is a guy, you know, right behind him, number 39 on the top 100 from MLB Pipeline. Another guy that uh, has about, you know, 60, about 65 games now in, in AAA 242, 313, 411, 10 home runs, 18 stolen bases. He had always kind of been seen by the prospect folks, uh, the prospect apparatus, as I call it, as a, uh, as a, like a defense first guy and the offense, it would be nice if it came, hit a ton of ground balls, uh, you know, hit quality contact just on the ground. Um, he's fixed that. He's moved his ground ball rate from like worst in the entire system to average. But because of that, now he's unlocked a lot more of the power potential because you hit a ball really hard, but it's on the ground. There's, it's almost impossible to get a home run. That's just right. kind of how that works. Right. Uh, but, uh, the way that he's improved the the his barrel rate things like that uh, he profiles as like a 2 270 hitter you know 20 25 home runs not as many home runs or average as volpe but probably plays a little bit better defense not like a super twitchy athlete not like a like um, um fernando tatis not like that super super twitchy guy right. but just really good instincts really good speed really good arm to make all the plays he has to make it short. I don't think you're going to be disappointed with his defense at short. Um, The only real negative I have on him is that thing that he's not a super twitchy athlete and you can, he can still struggle sometimes when he faces the elite level spin. Like there's the guys who have really good sliders, really good curveballs, that kind of thing. But other than that, I like Oswald Peraza and I honestly think the best way to set this up is to put him at short and put Volpe at second. That's your double team tandem for the next decade. They're going to contend for all-star games together.
0: See Yankee fans. I, well, I just find it funny because, um, you know, people, you know, the Yankees are the best team in baseball. There's no doubt about that right now. Mm -hmm. And it's just funny that their farm system is pretty good considering how good the big team is doing, because in a lot of times, when the Yankees are doing really well, the farm system's kind of, and they don't have that many top prospects. And this feels like a good thing.
1: It is have. a good thing. And it, yeah. it's, it's a thing that not everybody gets the opportunity to have at the same time. Right. It's very ill. And like you said, it's very common where the farm system is good first. That makes the big league team good. And when all the talents migrated, the farm system's bad while the big league team is good. Yeah. Ex- example of that, the Braves right now, the Braves have a not very good farm system, not a lot of talent in there. Big league team's doing great. Won the World Series last year. Obviously doing well. Yeah. Um, but a couple other guys on this list. Jason, uh, Jason Dominguez. I, listen, I've been saying Jason for like a month, and somebody <laughs> corrected me from Friday. show. I did a Friday show all about this farm system, top to bottom, every um, every affiliate and everything, and somebody commented, hey, is it Jason or Jason? It's
0: Jason. After it's Jason's Jason, young, yeah. They just added an S. Yeah. I went to
1: look it up, and so yeah. – yeah, uh, I'm going to talk about him in the next segment because I want to have a deeper dive on Jason Dominguez. Um, Austin Wells is number 73. Catcher um, has a uh, fantastic mustache. It's, it is it is very good. It's not Spencer Strider levels of good, but it's a very good mustache. And um, kind of interesting here is offensively okay started out in high a went on an absolute tear 323 429 576 six home runs in 28 games ops of over a thousand not bad missed a month because he because of injury and when he came back they went ahead and promoted him to double a somerset and what i like is he's got less strikeouts than games played 27 strikeouts 28 games played and this says as of Sunday morning. So just clarification on the, on the dates there that may have changed. Yeah. But uh, so I love that offensively really good excited. What I see the question for me is, does he actually stick a catcher or not? Um, You know, it's speed is fringy to average, but defensively he's got like his arm is significantly below average. Mm. Um, I think he has 98 steals against. So it's like an 87% success rate. Wow. A typical success rate uh, hovers around 75% or so is considered, if you're a good catcher, if you can throw out one and four,
0: right. he's
1: throwing out, he, 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 13%, it's not great. Right. Um, and then the blocking ability is not quite there yet. So he had 16 pass balls last year in 70 games. Um, kind of working on that. I think that he could be a guy that ends up moving to first or left.
0: Okay. I was uh, wondering you know. about that. <laughs> yeah. Like it's which something- position? Yeah.
1: It's something where defensively, I mean, first base obviously isn't that difficult. You can get away with a below average athlete. His speed's decent enough to play left. Uh, Jason Giambi,
0: hello. Jason Jason
1: Giambi. (laughs) Um,
0: No offense. (laughs) Yeah,
1: The arm isn't good enough to play right, but you can put him in left. Um, And I think he's fast enough to go out there and and be fine. He's not going to hurt you. He's not going to play gold glove defense, but he's not going to hurt you in the outfield. Um, Or, you know... Again, first base, having the DH obviously helps. You can find a way to get his bat in the lineup, even if you're not necessarily playing him every day. But I'm a proponent of if you have a young player, especially a catcher, don't call him up and just have him DH two or three times a week. Like if you call him up, they need to be playing often. So, and I think maybe this year, you know, you've got Higgy Beck there, you've got some other folks. I don't necessarily know if you need a catcher right this second. Let him yeah. play in the minors every day. See if he can get better. Uh, And if not, this is a note for the second segment. You've got a lot of uh, catching options in the minors right now and some decisions to make in the offseason about it.
0: Right. Um, Speaking of the second segment, before we get to the second segment, which we will be talking about, more guys that you need to know about. um, It's time to talk about Bilt Bar, which is my favorite time of the show, as people who watch Locked On Yankees know. And if you watch Locked On MLB Prospects, just watch my show one time and see how excited I am about Built Bar because the people who invented healthy and tasty, they have a new gift for your taste buds. You've probably tried the coconut brownie chunk Built Bar, but guess what? There's a puff. I'm so excited about this. It's a marshmallow, it's covered in 100% chocolate, and it's a fluffy cloud of coconut brownie goodness. Coconut Brownie Chunk Puffs are only here for a limited time, so you have to go to Built.com now. Make sure you don't miss out. They're gonna go fast because they really do taste amazing. All Built Bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. So eat something that tastes good and is good for you. The best part about Built Bars, of course, is they taste amazing, but you can enjoy them guilt-free because they're actually good for you. They're the perfect treat, perfect when you have a craving to satisfy your sweet tooth, or if you just need a quick, healthy snack, I usually eat them before I work out. So go to built.com, use our promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Thank you for making Locked on Yankees and Locked on MLB Prospects your first listens of the day. So who's up next?
1: My favorite pitcher in this system, Ken Waldachuk, lefty number 74 on that MLB pipeline top 100 uh, made the futures game. Volpe made the futures game. Dominguez made the futures game. And then water's made the futures game, but uh really funky kind of lefty. And he, he's a guy. I noticed this from a lot of pitchers in this system. The Yankees have specifically been teaching guys the horizontally sweeping slider, the big slider that goes from one side of the strike zone to the other. Hmm. And his is really good. So I enjoy like, like that's something new that he's added. I like that. Uh, He can hit decent velocity for a lefty. I mean, he's not, he's not throwing a hundred or anything, but if you're a lefty that can, you know, he can, he sits 94, 95, he can touch 98 with it for a lefty. That's really good. And then to go along with it. um, He has the deception. He's really tall. So he's got those long levers. It's hard to pick up where the ball comes out. Mm. Um, He's, he's improved the command a bit. That was our big question going into this year is command-wise, what was he going to do? Because he had such long levers, it was sometimes hard to be synced up, and his his upper half and his lower half would kind of get out of sync, and he had um he had command issues because of that. But he's fixed that a bit. The, the changeup looks like it's a decent third pitch, and so I think because the changeup is coming around. Um, and you can see it in the stats. I mean, eight games in AAA this year, 2-5-2 ERA, 39 innings, 55 strikeouts, 17 walks. You can see there's still a little bit of command issues, 17 walks and 39 innings. But for the most part, he's improved a lot. I think he's a guy, fastballs there, you've got a great slider. Those two things he could play out of the bullpen if you needed some help for, a, for the stretch run. And then he could, as soon as next year, be competing in spring training for a rotation spot. I really like what he's doing. I think that the curveball isn't that much different from the slider. When you watch film, i watched watch some film today. When you watch film, it kind of looks like the curveball is just a worse version of the slider. Hmm. So maybe work on that a bit. You know, ha- having that fourth pitch would be great. But other than that, really like Ken Watichuk, like what he does. And I think he can contribute next year. Or even this year out of the bullpen if you need
0: him. Yeah, yeah. We were, we were talking before we started recording about what the Yankees could possibly need. And um, that would be good to have extra people coming out of the bullpen down mm-hmm. the
1: stretch. <laughs> and talking about a guy that could probably make stuff work down the stretch. Uh, not my first pick to, to put him in this role, but a guy that could finally do it. Luis Medina. Uh, he's not in that top five, but just somebody I've watched recently. I think he's kind of coming around. The story on Medina has always been the stuff was electric, but he's kind of struggled with his command, right? Mm. So, this year, 15 games in double A, two and three, three, six, seven ERA, which doesn't scream amazing off its head, 61 innings, 73 strikeouts to 37 walks. But here's what I like exact same ERA and the exact same number of games as last year, but he's only given up four home runs. His walks are down, his home runs are down, and his whip went down from one, four, four to one, two, two. So, the outcome is the exact same, but everything involved in it is better. All the steps to get there are better. Um, he's throwing about 60% strikes this year, which is an improvement. And that was kind of the big issue was the command, trying to figure out what he was doing. Um, he can the fastball can hit 103. That's useful. Last I checked. <laughs> that's useful. And that's that <laughs> we combine that with the curveball, one of those re- like really hammer curveballs. And like right there, that's something that you can use in the bullpen in the stretch run if you need to. Yeah. Uh, just just those two things. And then he's got a change up. It doesn't have enough like separation velocity wise from the from the fastball. Because the fastball sits 97, 98. And the changeup's about 90. You want ideally 10 mile an hour difference. Right. But he's got about eight, but he believes in it. He throws it with conviction and it disguises really well off of the arm. So like the arm speed's the exact same. And it has a weird kind of splitter like movement. So it's decent. And he's had a good stretch since May 21st. Uh, I think he, what was the stat here I had? Yeah, two or less runs in every start except one. He averaged like five innings and six strikeouts in each outing. Um, so like his June, his June was five starts, 202 ERA, 34 strikeouts to seven walks. Only six total earned runs. I mean, absolutely a guy that can be useful out of the bullpen with just the fastball-curveball combo, never mind yeah. with the change, if you need him the stretch run. And then again, I think he's... Uh, gotten enough command around those those secondaries where again can compete for a job in spring training next year obviously you've got plenty of pitchers but you need usually on average eight or nine different guys to start in a regular season so I think he's somebody that can really help and he's turned it around finally because it's been so long we've been waiting for him to figure it out he finally did I think
0: yeah that's one of my favorite things to hear about a pitcher who can throw Above 100, but then also have a curveball that's in the low 80s because that's a big difference going mm-hmm. from seeing a 103 mile an hour fastball to seeing a curveball at like 83.
1: <laughs> and a lot of guys really struggle with that. Like that's what we talked about with Volpe. He's so unusual because he doesn't. He can stay, he can speed up to catch up to that fastball and then slow back down for a big curveball or a change or something like that. Yeah. So, but yeah, a guy who I think finally figured out in Luis Medina. I'm excited to watch him the rest of the year and and see if he can help this team for the stretch run. Yeah. Talking about another guy who kind of figures some stuff out, and this kind of gets into that conversation of what's going to happen at catcher. So Anthony Siegler. It's a really interesting guy. 2018 first rounder out of high school, which you don't see a lot of of high school catchers anymore.
0: Right.
1: Um, but. He'd only played 95 games going into this season and like, listen to the, this dude was a walking mash unit. Okay. Ha- uh, 2018 had a hamstring issue and a concussion. 2019. He broke his left knee. I didn't know you could break the knee.
0: Yeah, you can like, mm. like
1: the, the kneecap, I'm guessing. Yeah.
0: The patella. Yeah. Okay.
1: There you go. Uh, lost all of 2020 to the, to the pandemic had a quad issue in 2021. So had played 95 games in his career going into this year. Um, 56 games between single A and high A, 253, 430 on base, 433 slugging percentage, seven home runs, 14 stolen bases by a catcher, 55 walks to 45 strikeouts. So he's always been one of the better defensive catchers in the system, but I like the fact that he walks more than he strikes out. Um, I mean, he's walking just about once a game there. And then the like watching some of the stats, he's he's picked up some strength during all of his rehabs. I guess he's just so used to rehabbing now he can rehab quickly. Right. But ground ball rates down to eighteen percent, and the line drive rates up to about thirty five percent. So I think that if this holds, if this is actually who he is, it creates a really interesting conversation for the off because I've noticed the Yankees tend to only carry two pitcher or two catchers on the forty man roster. And this offseason, you have Austin Wells in double A with a decision to be made, Josh B- uh, Bro in triple A with a decision to be made, a rule five decision. And then you have Anthony Seigler with a decision to be made. And I kind of think Seigler might be the best actual catcher of the three if we assume Austin Wells has to move to first. Right. And so, like, what happens? It's just a really interesting kind of Yankees fans can think about on an off day hey, like, which of these catchers do we keep? How does it work? Because Wells is probably going to play first. So, Who's our catcher? Right. Interesting little conversation to have. But
0: speaking, I like what I've
1: seen from him, Finally, that he's finally been healthy.
0: Now, speaking of Wells, the day that the show goes up, July 12th, is Austin Wells' birthday. Happy I,
1: birthday, Austin Wells. I'm sorry on your birthday I said you couldn't play catcher.
0: Yeah. Um. <laughs> the reason I know this is I looked him up because they were talking about him um, earlier in the season. And um, he was born on the day I started my job at NBC, July 12th, 1999. What a flex. So, I will always remember Austin Wells' birthday. So happy birthday, Austin. (laughs) Happy
1: birthday, Austin Wells.
0: So we spoke about Dominguez, but you had more to say about Dominguez. I have more
1: to say about Dominguez. You want to give our sponsor their ad and then I'm going to go have my big Jason Dominguez thing?
0: Yes. Okay. Okay. Before we talk about Jason Dominguez and why Lindsay may be down on Jason Dominguez. There's no May here. Okay. Well, I was trying to be nice. I know. know. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and then wait for the person behind the counter to order the parts on their computer, but choosing only the brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. You can save time and money when using Rock Auto. They're a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years and their prices are reliably low for every customer they have everything you could need from brake parts to tail lamps motor oil and even new carpet go explore their easy to use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com so why are you down on Jason Dominguez?
1: Okay. So first it's not just me, right? So MLB pipeline has him at number three in the system. Baseball America has him at eight with the highest of the four risk levels that they can have. Uh, I've got him a little farther down towards there as well. So like full context in their to- in MLB pipelines, top 100, he's number 40. I have him a little bit lower. Um, Okay, so one, he, and this is kind of our fault, right? He came out with incredibly unrealistic expectations. Oh, if yeah. you remember some of the things that were said when he was signed, there was a combination. He was some sort of combination of uh, Mike Trout and Mickey Mantle. I mean, there was there was absurd names being thrown out to compare him to. Yeah. And it did a little bit of, of a disservice to him, I think. Sure. Because you should not have put those expectations on him. And I say you, it's the prospect apparatus. It was people like me. It wasn't me, but people like me.
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) But um, he's repeating low A this year. So um, he's batting 262, 371, 438 over 72 games, nine home runs, 17 stolen bases. Here's some of the issues that I have. Um, So one, and this has been kind of talked about a lot, uh, physically, the physical development during the pandemic Kind of went a little awry. He had what was considered plus, plus speed. You know, one of the higher ratings we can give to speed. Uh, that's kind of down to average to above average. Because he he added a lot of uh, size. Uh, he's five. He's listed at 5'10", 210. I think that might be a little bit under where he actually is. Um, and here's... Okay, it's not a big deal that you got big. That's fine. But his plate discipline hasn't gotten... Any better at all mm. from last year to this year. So okay, 262 batting average this year. Last year, 258 within a margin of error. On base percentage, 371 to 346, it got a little bit better. Slugging percentage, 438, 398. Got a little bit better. 20 or 30 points at on base and slugging. He's repeating single A and he's within a measurement variance of the exact same player. Right. And it's when you watch him play, it's the plate discipline and then it's the effort. It's the mental side of it. I came on this show back in January and I thought that being in Tampa with Rachel Balcovec, he had a relationship with her from the, not that kind of relationship. He had a a previous working relationship with her from the the academy, the Dominican. I thought that was going to be a good influence on him. I don't know, like at this point, it's on him. It's not a physical issue, although he has slowed down a bit. His arm isn't as strong as it was when he was first signed. He's gone from a plus arm to probably average to above average. Mm. I probably going to have to move him to a corner now, and rather than leaving him in center because his speed's getting lower uh, and his arm strength's come back a bit. But it's just it's the effort and I I I find I talk to scouts, I talk to prospect evaluators and people are say uh, people say I mean they're like he just he just seems kind of apathetic. Mm. Like I think it's the first time he struggled in baseball and probably in his entire life. Right, But, I mean, that, that's a common thing, and that happens to every prospect, but he doesn't seem to be making the adjustments, and he's not having competitive at-bats, and they're still polished here, they're still tools, you can still see that he, he's a good baseball player, he's just not necessarily showing all of that externally. I think if you're making a trade deadline deal, we've talked about Nina Reliever, maybe an outfielder or a starting pitcher or something. I think that if you're smart, Jason Dominguez is the centerpiece of the deal. While he has some value, because internal evaluators are harsher on him than external evaluators. And part of that's just sample size. You don't see a ton of him. So if you see a bad outing or two as an external evaluator, you assume you just caught him on a bad day. That's kind of human nature. Uh, internally, guys I've spoken to inside the organization and, and inside the player development department say it's the same thing every day. Like they they see this regularly. So if you're going to make a deal for a reliever, you're going to make a deal for an outfielder or something like that. Include him in the package. Hmm. Use him while his value is so high. MLB has him as the 40th best prospect in baseball. I think that's about at least 60 spots too high. But use him while he has value. Before he gives everybody a chance to see what I'm afraid he may ultimately end up being, hmm. and it's just—I mean, it's like I said—it's—it's it's kind of—it's kind of all on him right now. I mean, it's—it's—it's it's, it's an effort thing at this point, and it's a disciplined thing as far as physical conditioning and the amount of effort you're giving on a ball field.
0: Do you think his age plays into this? Because he's still pretty young. I mean, he's only he, 19. But
1: yeah, he was born in 2003. I mean, he was—he was very young for. Uh, like he was one of only a handful of 18-year-olds in full-season ball last year, mm-hmm. so um, so I mean he he is young for the level. I'll give him that. He's only 19 now. This is his second futures game, despite right. being 19 years old. Yeah. I mean that's an amazing accomplishment. But that's part of it. He's a young man who is in probably the first prolonged slump of his professional of his baseball career since he was a kid. Uh, but I'm not seeing the the mental resilience to fight back out of that, like a lot of players show. Mm. And I don't know, some some guys, they need something to sh- shock their system. It may be a trade, it may be getting benched, but oftentimes you hear the stories about a guy that needed the change of scenery or a guy who needed a wake-up call. Right. Jason Dominguez needs a wake-up call, and I'm not sure at what point he gets it, but I think if you want to give him the wake-up call and you don't want to have to worry about making it work, He could be a trade piece in August.
0: Interesting, interesting. Um, Quickly before we have to end the show, um, draft preview. Just
1: yes, Um, picking twenty fifth. So back into the first round. There's going to be supposed to be a big run of like college outfielders and college bats back there. Uh, I've seen a lot of people saying outfielder Spencer Jones of Vanderbilt. Mm. Uh, at the first round, I think that's kind of a lazy pick because he's a six-seven outfielder. So you're like, oh well, they have the six-seven outfielder. Give him the, the. They're completely different players, right? But I do think uh, a Dylan Beavers from Cal, a Brock Jones from Stanford, Jacob Melton from Oregon State, any one of those outfielders would would uh, be a good pick in the back half of the first round. And I actually like Spencer Jones, maybe with that second pick at 61. You know, going with either like a prep bat. Uh, like a first baseman Xavier Isaac or something or Spencer Jones with the 61st pick, the second pick uh, doing that. But the first pick, I like a college bat simply because the way the board shakes out. I don't think there's going to be a lot of prep talent there in the first round. Yeah. And just there's not a lot of college pitchers this year.
0: I really I'm just amazed that there are so many guys coming up playing baseball who are just huge. (laughs) You know, this past week, the Yankees played the Pirates, and you had O'Neill Cruz Cruz. right next to Aaron Judge, and it was the first time that he made Aaron Judge look like normal, you know, because they were standing next to each other at the same exact height, and it was just really... Where are all these guys coming from? I, I, I joked I joked about this last year. I said it's like they're grown in labs. Like all these guys are monstrous. I wish Phil Rizzuto was alive to see these giants playing the infield because Phil Rizzuto was lucky to be like five, 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 six. And if he saw all these guys who are like six seven, six eight walking around, he'd be like, you know, wow, this is oh he would say, Holy cow, because he Holy just would not believe it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um I've I've actually heard from a couple people that like Aaron judge is one of those players because he is so, so tall and is still able to play at a high level that has made some folks think, Oh, well, I don't have to switch to like basketball or something. I can play baseball despite being a massively tall human being because Aaron judge is doing it. So that's, it's nice to know that that your MVP favorite right now is helping grow the game of baseball. Yeah. It's nice to hear.
0: Yeah. You know, because I mean, you know, thirty five, forty years ago, Cal Ripken Jr. comes up, and you know, six four for a shortstop was big back then. Yeah, and you people know, then people losing you had, their minds about it. Yeah, then you had A. Rod, Nomar, um, Jeter. They were all six three, six two, six three shortstops,
1: which was a wait, big deal. We can say Nomar on this pod. Sure. I didn't think we're allowed to say his name. Okay, cool.
0: Yeah, we could say it. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> So thank you for doing this. Absolutely. I, um, I am proud to say that I recognized every name that you mentioned <laughs> because I'm paying attention more to prospects. Um, you know, we've spoken about this before, but, you know, I've had my heart broken by prospects in the past because mm-hmm. I'm an old Yankee fan. I mean, I remember the Brian Taylor debacle. So, yeah, I've been around a long time watching all these guys. And, you know, it's nice to have um, names that you can look at and be like oh yeah okay maybe they could contribute somewhat soon or help us get guys who will help the team now and i think what you said about dominguez is interesting and we'll see how everyone reacts to that
1: i mean it's that's that's my opinion i'm thankfully i'm not in the front office but if i was due to be gone tomorrow
0: right (laughs) right because it's funny last week ethan smith of locked on pirates and i did a crossover before the uh the two quick two game series. And he had asked me if he thought the Yankees would include Volpe in a trade for Brian Reynolds. And I was like, no,
1: no,
0: (laughs) No. they didn't hang on to Volpe and only sign or only trade for Isaiah Kiner falefa just to trade him to the pirates for Brian. That's not happening. No, they already shipped
1: out a shortstop prospect when they shipped out Duran and Smith and, and, you can only get rid of so many shortstop prospects before you have to start keeping them. And I think they kept the right two. I think yeah. these guys will be a good pair together. But again, Jason Dominguez can be, a, on paper, a very attractive headliner piece in a big trade deal because right. of the name, the MLB pipeline uh, rankings, and the pre-existing perception of him before the pandemic and before some of the physical changes. So yeah. maybe do that. Uh, if my listeners want to keep up with the um, best team in baseball, the Yankees, Stacey, how can they go about doing that?
0: You can watch and listen to Locked On Yankees. You can follow me on Twitter at Stace Gots, S-T-A-C-E-G-O-T-S, or Locked On Yankees, all one word, because we made it easy for you. And, um... Yeah, that's that's where you can find me. And um I, I try to be one of those Yankee fans who doesn't look at things through pinstriped glasses and um I don't yell a lot either. So I'm I'm kind of a rare breed in that sense. So
1: <laughs> I also don't yell, although I did say um on the pod yesterday that one prospect was a dick. So that happens from time to time. But he had it coming. That's a direct quote from another player, so that's why I can say that. Um if if Yankees fans wants to follow wants to fo- want to follow me. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. The show's on Twitter at Lockdown Farm. You should go subscribe to the YouTube page, yes. Lockdown MLB Prospects, because one, we're really close to 1,000, but then yes, two... Yes, get him
0: to 1,000.
1: Really close. But then two, we're going live on Sunday night for the first round of the MLB draft. So we're going to have a live kind of dra- uh, first round recap uh, show. It'll be about 45 minutes or so. And then we're going to have daily recaps for days two and three of the draft. We're going to go through all the teams. And I'm sure I'll probably spend an, an entire episode some point in time next week talking about um, the AL East and how they did in their drafts and kind of my way too early grades of their drafts. So Crosby Baseball, for me, the show is at Locked on Farm. It's on YouTube wherever you get, uh, and wherever you get your, pod, your podcasts as Locked on MLB Prospects.
0: Well, thank you for doing this. I appreciate it. And to everyone listening, have a good Tuesday. And Locked On Yankees listeners, you'll hear from me tomorrow.